Hey guys, I'm Jay. I'm Kate. And this is Red Flags, a Twilight podcast. Tonight, we will be discussing chapters 16 through 18. So we have chapter 16, Carlisle, chapter 17, The Game, and chapter 18, The Hunt. So in chapter 16, I'll just read some of the highlights of like the notes that we wrote. I said that Carlisle's office is boring. Carlisle tried to starve himself, isolated himself, and attacked a deer, swam to France, two centuries to control, now immune to temptations. Bella and Edward putting grubby little hands all over his painting. Why didn't Carlisle just tell his own story? Eddie equals Jack the Ripper. Why didn't they just try eating or drinking people without killing them? Carlisle's story wasn't as interesting as I had hoped. I had really high hopes for this chapter, and it just kind of sucked, just like the rest of the book. If anything, it was even worse, though, because like I feel like at least there's a bit more excitement centered around Bella and Edward. And with Carlisle, it was just like, oh, we're going to really try to get through it real quick. Uh, Edward growled. That disturbed me a lot. Bella's not comfortable with PDA, and Ed forces her. Alice, it sounded like you were having Bella for lunch, and we wanted to know if we could join. And why baseball? So our thoughts for this chapter, I think we were, I, I hope we sounded hopeful in the last session. Uh, that we were, <laughs> we were looking forward to Carlisle's story because beforehand we, when we were in middle school, we didn't really care about it all that much because we were into like the romance part of it. Whereas now we're much more into everything except the romance, I think is an accurate way to say it. It's not even everything except the romance. It's just the romance has such undertones of manipulation. <laughs> yeah that I'm not as interested in the romance. Like there are some things where I'm like, oh, they're kind of cute together. But the vast majority of it, it's just very clear that Edward's a very controlling, creepy old man. We also came to the realization reading this chapter in particular, because this is chapter 16. Uh, There are 24 chapters in whole in this book. Uh, so we are two-thirds of the way through. We're reading this on a an electronic medium, and so we didn't actually realize. So we both thought we were both in the exposition phase of this book still. It's but we're real fast. Like, we're very clearly, like, nearing the climax. We're going to talk about it in the next couple of chapters because we do read... We're, like, at the peak of the rising action right now. Up until this point, it's felt all, like, exposition, but neither of us realized it, I don't think, until we got to this chapter and asked the question... How many chapters are in this? We looked at the table of contents. There are 24 chapters. So we're two thirds of the way through this book. And so far, very little has actually happened. Yeah, this book is, yeah. I feel like there was not a great buildup. Like the rising action. Nothing's happened. Nothing has happened at all in this whole book. Like a lot of it's just been like information, uh, which is good. Like I appreciate information as far as like anything sci-fi or mythical fantasy kind of stuff. It's... It's just not a lot of background about the mythical world, though. Yeah, it's just a lot of information about, like, Edward specifically without actually giving that much information is what it feels like. So just that's just a note for chapter 16 right off the bat. Carlisle says that he can't stay to tell his own story for whatever reason. I'm not really sure. I know that, like, in the narrative, it's because he has to go to the hospital, but it doesn't really make sense for later when they actually go out to play baseball. Yeah. So I'm not really sure, like, narratively what the point of 
him not being there was i don't it's know it's just for more bella edward time that's literally the only point i think that must be it because there it seems like there's no actual reason for him not to be there to tell his own story it's just for edward to do that but yeah so edward starts in on his story um he kind of starts in where the last chapter left off um because it was like a very brief synopsis of carlisle being turned and then edward this chapter starts off saying like the first things that carlisle did after he had buried himself in potatoes for three days yeah he immediately tries to kill himself as one does yeah he tries to starve himself and that clearly doesn't work i don't remember what other tactics he tried other he than tried to himself. throw himself i don't know if it specifically said a cliff but he tried to throw himself from a great height that's those are the only two things i remember edward saying and he finds oh down. he tried to drown himself too yep he did but they don't need to breathe so that didn't really matter whoops yeah and so yeah he goes through he goes through the process he has a lot of self-hatred obviously because with his upbringing he was trained to He's hate very religious he, he was trained to hate all monsters and hunt them and so when he became one that was his option we had a question though of like if he knew that this is what he was and he knew that he hated himself why didn't he go back to his father with the intent of his father killing him. Yeah, because in the last chapter, I believe it was, right before he hit himself in potatoes, he does that because he knows that his father will kill anyone who mm-hmm. has come into contact with, like, direct contact with the vampires, anyone that possibly was contaminated, I think is the word they used. Yes. So, I didn't need just go back and let the townspeople do kill whatever him. they were going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, I think on that front. Maybe it was the panic. Maybe. The initial panic of like oh crap maybe uh but yeah then he he tries tactics to make himself not a monster and none of them work he you know survives all of them he starves himself for a little uh quite a long time yeah he goes basically to the middle of nowhere where there are no people at all to mm-hmm. starve himself mm-hmm. and then he ends up getting so hungry that he attacks the first deer he sees with that he finds out that he can survive off of animals rather than people Mm -hmm. so then he spends the next 200 years 200 years trying to teach himself to be very resistant to human blood so that he can go to medical school which he does does a great job and now at this point um human blood doesn't really tempt him at all and he can work without really having any pain yeah so i guess it's painful for them to be around human blood is carlisle a surgeon i think so that's like a mm, i don't like it well that's my question is like why didn't he just go into like theoretical like that side of it or like medical testing or why don't they get bagged blood if he works at a hospital right i guess i don't know why for some reason the hunting animals things really bothers me i think it's just like another factor that makes them seem very animalistic hunting other animals yeah like i guess humans do that too but like the way that they do it where Edward is like, oh, I prefer to hunt mountain lions and I hunt like a mountain lion. That kind of thing. Where it's like very clear that they're supposed to be more animalistic than human at this point. Also, I found that kind of stupid because you're in a human form. You do not hunt like a mountain lion. Don't lie, Edward. Don't lie. Don't show off. But yeah, so Edward tells this story how Carlisle, he makes his way, uh, I believe, to Italy where he finally meets the Volturi. 
And we get yeah. our first we get our first look at the Volturi and what Did that they kind actually of say Volturi or does he just say like a group? No, he says Volturi and he huh. um, has them by name. So Arrow, Marcus, and Caius are the three. Yeah, they're the three original. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if they're original vampires, but they're three of the oldest vampires yes. to date. Uh, and then Edward, like part of it is Edward pointing to this oil painting where he says that there's an artist who was very stricken or. Yeah, he was stricken by the vam- the concept of vampires. He viewed them as these, like, angelic beings or, like, above humans in some way. Yeah, right. And he painted them all the time, and you can see Carlisle in this painting. And then Bella and Edward both touch this oil painting. Yeah, an oil <laughs> painting. They're just wiping their grimy little fingers all over it, nasties. And if any of you know, there's a reason that most paintings are behind glass and that you can't touch them because any sort of outside contact damages them severely over time. Especially that old. Yeah, like this one is from what? The 1800s at this point? But yeah, so they yeah, they're getting their hands all over these paintings and Bella doesn't care and Edward's just like telling the story. He tells it like very reverently is how Bella sort of describes it. Like, he's very, like, proud of everything that Carlisle has accomplished, which I think is interesting. Uh, And then he gets to the point at which Carlisle turns him. And that's sort of where he ends off the story because he's like, you know that part Yeah, where he was dying of the Spanish flu and da-da-da. And he says that Carlisle had waited on his parents, so he knew that they were already dead. And he made his decision to turn Edward because he had a goal of creating vampires who would be more like him because he had met other vampires, but none of them actually wanted to partake in the same practices as him. None of them wanted to hunt animals. And he desperately wanted companionship. Yes, he was very lonely. I think overall, like, I I don't think Carlisle's story is uninteresting. I just don't think it was as interesting. It's not what I wanted it to be. Yeah, I don't think it was as, as interesting as either of us were kind of hoping that it would be. But yeah, so that leads us, they start walking through the house again after that, and they end up back in Edward's room. Yep, and his room is pretty basic. There's like a shelving unit and a couch. It's pretty much it. Basically, yeah, there's a black leather couch. Yeah, he has like a bunch of shelves of music as well, and uh, Bella thinks this is very great. She is very... She's basic. Yeah, she's very <laughs> awestruck by all of this. And she's like, oh, how do you have them categorized? And he's like, oh, from each year. And then my favorite selections from each year. She turned <laughs> What is he playing on his stereo when she turns it on? Jazz. Jazz, right. Okay. Because I remember you going, of course, I thought he didn't like jazz. I thought all he liked was like, meh. Oh, yeah. I was very. <laughs> Whatever it was that he liked. I was liked. very you were so about cranky Because you're like, the hand, he was alive when they invented jazz and this and this. Yeah. I don't think they invented jazz when he was alive now that I'm thinking about it. But he, you know, he grew I up mean, in the jazz era. He? he grew up in the jazz era. Like, so he, she turns on his stereo and he's playing jazz and she's amazed by this as well. She's amazed and by everything he does. It's really sad yeah. to watch. They it's have, really difficult. <laughs> they have a little dance. and she's Oh, like, they oh. dance? Yeah, they yeah. dance a little bit. Before he pushes her onto the couch. Oh, yeah, before he manhandles her. Yeah. I forgot they danced. Uh, they did dance, and she was, like, very happy about that. And he's like, oh, are you still sure you're not afraid of me? And she goes, no, I'm not afraid of you. And he's like, you shouldn't have said that. And he and growls. He growls at her. <laughs> he gro- I don't know if you've ever had someone growl at you. I personally have not. I don't think it's something I would like, though. Like, just a, you're flirting, and all of a sudden the other person goes, <laughs> or is it like her or is it like or is it more like 
Like, is he doing, no, that's like, worse. one of those things? Like, one of those, one of those TikTok things? <laughs> How did you do that? You breathe in. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so he growls. He pushes her onto the couch and, like, jumps on top of her. When I hear, um, I'm sorry, when I hear growl, you know in The Lion King where Simba's trying to roar when mm-hmm. he's little and he's like... That's it. That's, that's what he my does. Picture Edward. That's what reason. Edward does. It's decided. <laughs> <laughs> that's Edward. Like Simba. Um, but yeah, he pushes her onto the couch. He's very like manhandly with her. She tries to get away from him, but he just like holds her in place. And then there's a knock on his door after they're doing this. And she tries to get away from him when she hears the knock because she is not comfortable with the PDA. He mm-hmm. holds her still and is like, oh yeah, come on in. Yeah, he pushes her onto his lap. I'm so uncomfortable just recalling it. No, yeah, it's mm, it's not great. But It makes um, me think of like, so this is what Edward is. Mm-hmm. Did you, I feel like everyone has this like grandparent in their family that needs to kiss everyone on the mouth. Yeah. And like you try to move away and they like hold your head and like come over <laughs> here and like let me give Pappy a smooch. That's Edward. <laughs> Edward is on. That's Edward. Edward's an uncomfortable grandparent. Bella's like, oh my gosh, get me out of here. But yeah, so he he decides that whoever's coming in can just come in. I guess he knows that it's Alice and Jasper beforehand. They come in. I think he even says, like, come in, Alice. Something like that, yeah. Uh, so Alice comes in. She plants herself on the floor. Uh, Jasper, I think, just stands in the doorway kind of awkwardly. Yeah, because... Edward told him early. We found this out before, and I mm-hmm. forgot to mention it. I think in the last episode mm-hmm. that Edward told Jasper to like keep his distance and stay away from Bella, which is so crummy. So one thing I will say is that in the unreleased Midnight Sun, or I guess I don't know what it's called, because Stephanie Meyer did technically release it on her website, but it's like the unfinished draft or whatever. Um, in that. Edward describes his thoughts at a, at a certain length. He describes Jasper's thoughts. And I guess at the very beginning of the book, Jasper is thinking about how there are two girls that are sitting like kind of at the end of their lunch table. I guess they're like oblong lunch tables. And they're sitting or they're either standing or sitting at the end of one of them tables. And Jasper is thinking about using his emotional like calming ability to lure them closer and make it seem like it's all right that he's mauling them. So I think I understand Edward's point like a little bit. (laughs) That's kind of awesome. It's so funny. (laughs) But Jasper, yeah. We hate Edward who's manipulative, but I guess when Jasper does it, we're fine. (laughs) Well, it's just funny when Jasper does it because he never actually acts on any of these impulses. He just thinks about them, which I think like bad thoughts don't make you a bad person. Bad actions do. And Edward has bad actions. And although Jasper has his own bad action, but that's fine. Um, in the past. It's all yeah, in the past, whatever. Um, but yeah, so Alice sits down on the floor. Jasper is there. And Alice just very like, calmly, she's like, it sounded like you were having Bella for lunch. And we wanted to know if we could have some. Like, I if you like, would share. I feel like that's Alice's way of, we were just checking on you because it sounded like you were committing murder. Mm-hmm. And so um, Edward's like, um, no. I don't think there's any left to spare. (laughs) Yeah. Well, he's like got her on his lap and she's like clearly very uncomfortable and the Mm -hmm. whole thing is very uncomfortable because I think, I think he, I think she makes a point to say like the way Alice looks at her tells like that she knows she's kind of uncomfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Something like that. I was uncomfortable. If Alice wasn't uncomfortable by it, I was. Yeah. Well, I think this is where, like, Bella, one of the opportunities where Bella really has time to reflect on, like, oh, I really am the only human in a group full of predators. And I think it, like, sort of unnerves her, but obviously not enough. And then Jasper kind of pipes in and he's like, oh, we wanted to know, like, um, Alice is predicting a thunderstorm later, so we're going to ask if everyone wants to play baseball. Edward's like, baseball! (laughs) He's He's so so excited. And then he goes, um, and looks at Bella, like, for permission because he can't leave her side for two seconds now. They just started dating and automatically they're attached at the hip. And she's like, oh, we're playing baseball? And everyone goes, no, you're watching baseball. (laughs) Weak little human. Yeah. She's like, why are you waiting for a rainstorm to play a baseball? And you'll see. Yeah, you'll see is the only answer she gets. Our biggest question is why baseball specifically? I think we've asked this before, but why baseball specifically? Why is that their game of choice? Um, Edward says because it's America's favorite pastime. So I don't know if I personally don't really care about baseball. So I think that's why you and I are like, why baseball? But I'm sure there are plenty of people that are like, of course. Of course. But we're also from New England, and I mm-hmm. feel like football's bigger here baseball's just boring i can't really see the ball though i have some vision problems so (laughs) yeah yeah we're never really given a concrete reason as to why they pick baseball and why like every vampire seems to enjoy it because we're gonna see later that like there are three vampires that are very far removed from what human beings are supposed to be and they also want to play baseball and they hear the game and automatically know it's baseball not mm. thunder right like i don't know if that's just like a thing vampires do if they're just like part of our hunting ability is the need for baseball but i don't know it's just very <laughs> strange it's a weird thing so everybody agrees to baseball and they're they assure bella that she's in for a treat well edward says that he has to get her home and that's the end of the chapter i think okay yeah that's where the chapter ends so our next chapter is chapter 17 the game so here are our notes jacob and billy are at bella's home edward likes belittling people despite never asking her out edward wants to be introduced to charlie as your new boyfriend edward kisses bella's neck specifically to piss billy off jacob is pouty you're right it's none of your business trope bella rude and dismissive of billy he's only trying to help But at least her argument shows her personality a bit. Defiant. Jessica calls. Gushes about the dance. Bella doesn't care at all. Bella tells Charlie she was with the Collins, dating Edward. Which one is Edwin? (laughs) 300 people, not a regional school, and yet the Collins go there without living in town. Why don't the Collins just do homeschooling with Esme? Edward tells Charlie she'll be safe with him when they meet they actually sort of get along off-roading harness emmett's cool jeep you smell so good in the rain bouncing up and down on the seat like a jackhammer edward uses his charm and tries to seduce bella into forgetting her motion sickness that was cringy gets mad at her because he kissed her and she kissed him back he yells at her and struggles to be gentle he pulls the whole I'm mad at me, not at you, BS. This marks the chapter where Bella learns the word moss. The Cullens like cheating at baseball. The game is fun, super massive black hole. Bella puts rubber bands in her hair. But yeah, so this uh, chapter starts with Edward driving Bella back. I don't understand why she doesn't drive back because it's it's her her truck. Uh, They're having a great time driving back and then all of a sudden Edward 
goes on one of his famous dour moods and he's like oh no and she's like what he goes you'll see and they pull up and billy black and jacob black are at her front door waiting in the rain and edward is not happy about it and neither is billy i guess neither is jacob but she doesn't really say anything about him yet yeah so we all know the issues with that so bella is like oh yeah like are you just gonna come back real quick after i get rid of them you can just like sneak upstairs or whatever and he's like no i'm gonna give you even more time so that you can like prep yourself to introduce your dad to your new boyfriend at this point he still has not asked her out and every time he asks her if she wants to introduce him to her dad she says no and so this is like what the third or fourth time that she has already said no and he just goes actually i've decided that we're going to introduce your father to me as your boyfriend so uncomfortable that seems fair seems fair i just i can't stand edward the way he acts yeah like you're controlling every other aspect of my life it's, so yeah it's basically an abusive relationship if you've ever seen the movie no one would tell edward is that guy yeah billy is glaring at them as they pull into the driveway and they have a brick driveway by the way which is kind of strange a brick yeah she says that they have a brick driveway and we're just finding this out in chat. I'm just finding this out now. When did she... I don't remember that. She says that the truck pulls onto the brick driveway. And I think that's interesting. I don't know if that's maybe more common out west. Or from the northeast. I think we've said that already. That's interesting. I feel like it would become dislodged very easily. I feel easily. like for somewhere where it rains so much, that's not a great idea. No. I don't know how it would be stable. Although, like, how much snow do they get? They're pretty far north. Mm. So they must get, like, a decent amount of snow, too. Even though... I guess we completely skipped winter. That's true. I don't know. I don't, I don't really understand. I right don't now. understand the timeline of this book at all. But so yeah, they pull into the driveway. Billy is staring them down because he is not happy. No. And Edward, knowing this because he can read Billy's mind, goes in to touch Bella's face and neck again, and he kisses her neck specifically to make it look like he's biting her. Yep. In front of Billy. It's all very cringy it's mm-hmm. all very cringy because bella is very much like aware that that's what he's Billy's doing. staring at her and i feel like bella i got a very similar vibe to the way she was when edward was pinning her against his side and forcing her to sit in his lap that like she wasn't super comfortable with this right and that is like a theme that has started which is one of the reasons you should, one of the issues you should have with Edward in this book. But yeah, so he, you know, gets Bella out of the car. She walks up to the house and he he sits in her car and waits for them to go inside because he's going to like flit off. And flit. yeah, he flits around. He has to wait until they go inside before he can do anything. Because if he just gets out of the truck and starts walking, it'll look weird. So he's just sitting there, essentially, waiting for them to go inside. Which I think is just so funny because I imagine him just sitting there like hands gripping the steering wheel in a rage and he's just like staring down billy as bella walks he over. didn't have to drive her home no he didn't well especially because he can read minds and he could hear billy's thoughts from like around the block so he why didn't he just stop and yeah, get out and he could have very easily gotten out and avoided all of this but he wanted to cause trouble i yeah. know that i know that <laughs> i do so She tries to act like nothing's going on, like she's very oblivious to everything, even though she's not. 
to Billy and Jacob. She's like, oh, hi, like, uh, Charlie's not home. Did you need something? And He's Billy's not going to be home until late. Mm-hmm. He's going fishing. And then Billy, like, kind of calls her bluff. And he's like, oh, maybe I'll go check out the fishing spot. And she's like, no, no, no. He's not at that one. I don't know where he is, but he's not there. <laughs> yeah, he went to a new one. Yeah. I don't know where, though. Which is like, Charlie probably wouldn't go fishing without telling someone where it was. Exactly. It was a new spot. Because, mm-hmm. like... That's dangerous. Yeah. So she invites them in to get them out of the rain, and then, you know, they're kind of just talking back and forth, very small talk, and then all of a sudden, Billy is like, oh, you know what? I have a picture of Rebecca, who, if you guys remember who Rebecca is, it's Jacob's, one of Jacob's sisters. Mm -hmm. They're twin sisters. He just wants to give Charlie a picture of just one of them, Mm -hmm. and apparently it's in the truck, which I think is, like, a really weird gift for him to give his friend a picture of his daughter. That's, like... Doesn't sit right with me to begin with. Like, I understand that it's a diversion, but Mm -hmm. it, like, doesn't sit really well with me, I'm not gonna lie. It's, like, a really weird thing. Yeah. But this is where we learn that Jacob is very visibly upset about what has just transpired, but for different reasons than Billy, because he has a big ol' crush on Bella. Oh, yeah. And so he's very, like, sad. He's just so sad. He's, like, very pouty, and he's like, I guess I'll go out to the truck and get... Or the car and get... Not to mention it's downpouring. And he's yeah. like, I guess I'll go out there mm-hmm. in the rain. And I'll That's search fine. around the car for your dumb picture of my sister. My dumb sister that moved away. Mm-hmm. So he leaves and then Bella tries to act normal for a little bit. But Billy immediately is like, so... The Cullens. What's up with that? That's not good news. I know it's none of my business, but I just feel like maybe somebody should know. And he's implying that he wants to tell Charlie. Or that she should tell Charlie before he does. And she just kind of goes, you're right, it's not your business. And then he goes, no, but um, if it were my daughter, I'd want to know. It is Charlie's business, wouldn't you say? And then she just goes, well, I guess maybe it is Charlie's business. But even then, wouldn't it be up to me? To determine if that's his business. Like, Again, she's very, like, like, aren't you out of line? Her attitude is on full display. And I, I personally, like, I do like I like attitude. this Bella. Yeah, I like this version of Bella who's, like, very quick with comebacks and very, like, I would say witty in a way. And obviously, like, Billy just thinks he's doing what's best for her. Yeah, and he's definitely coming from a good place. And yeah. to be fair, he's right. He's mm-hmm. completely correct about Edward and the Collins. And she makes it very clear that she already knows what's up. And he is a little bit mortified by that. Oh, yeah, because he goes, oh, like, I don't... Oh, you seem pretty well informed. Mm-hmm. And she goes, yeah, maybe even more than you. And he's just kind of like, oh, maybe... Like, yikes, girl, you're stupid. And that's what's running through his head. You're an idiot. Yeah. Or, Um, like, they've, oh my god, they've gotten to you. Right. And he's like, I think he's fearful for her life, honestly. Uh, He should be. She almost dies, like, three chapters later. Uh, Spoiler. Sorry. Sorry. Um, But, yeah, so they have this little, like, circular conversation where neither of them admits anything or says anything, really. Because it's part Um, of the tree on his part, and it's part of her secrecy secrecy and advantage of not confirming anything because mm-hmm. as far as the quilliots are right now it's been a long time since any of them have had to be wolves i think i think so so it's kind of more of a legend to them right now than anything well maybe not at this point jacob comes back in and he's like um the picture of rebecca is not in there dad also and what a weird gift to want to give your friend but billy just goes oh that's okay uh here's the fish fry bella we have to go yeah they brought uh fish fry for Charlie. Yes. 
Uh, and so they leave, and it turns out that they only miss Charlie by a few minutes because Bella goes upstairs. She takes, she changes out of her oh so sexy khaki skirt and blue blouse. Uh, she changes it up. I think she gets into like a sweatshirt and jeans because she's like, oh, it's baseball. It's casual. Yeah, and, and then she's like, I'm gonna be wearing my um rain jacket, jacket anyway. So she gets changed, and by the time she gets changed. Charlie is coming over, like, it's coming over. He's getting home. And she's like, oh, like, Billy Black and Jacob Black stopped by. They got this you fish. This afternoon. Yeah, this afternoon. They brought you fish fry. She lies about how long she's been there for uh, to make it more realistic. And then she does broach the topic oh, of Edward. Edward. And she goes. And it's hilarious. Yes. She's like, oh, like, I, I'm. What did she say? Did she say she had already been on a date or that she's going on Oh, a date? Charlie says, oh, what, how did you spend the day? She's like, oh, well, this afternoon I did this and this, just kind of hung around the house. And this morning I was over at the Cullens. And then he's like, why? What? He like drops his fork and goes, what were you doing at the Cullens? And she's like, I'm kind of dating Edward Cullen. Mm-hmm. And then Charlie is furious. He's like, what? He's way too old for you. Da 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 da. And she's like, what? No, he's he's not. He's a junior like me. And he goes, wait, which one's Edwin? And she she tells him which one Edwin is. <laughs> and oh, he goes, oh, I don't like the look of that big one. He's yeah, talking Emmett, about he Emmett. Doesn't like Emmett. <laughs> um, he's too mature, and he kind of shudders. Like it's very clear he's yeah. not. And he's very skeptical because he's like, oh, I thought you said that you didn't like anybody. Like, he's questioning her. And in she's town. like, no, no, like, they don't live in town. Like, that's fine. It Which doesn't brings count. up the question. So apparently they don't live in town. How do they go to the town school? Because you have to pay taxes to go to a public school. Mm-hmm. In the and, town. and it's not a regional school because there are 300 people that go to this school. Oh, yeah. It's not regional at so all. So how do they, how do they get, how do they worm their way into this school? How do they succeed this level of tax evasion which also brings me to the question why don't they just homeschool because it would free their time up immensely if they just pretended to do homeschooling and turned in all like the paperwork you need for homeschooling because they all know all of the information already and then they they could just do during the day well they could just do whatever they want because it's not like they're particularly excited to go to public school you know edward's bored all the time and he's like oh i already know all this stuff and I'm so and bored. And I can read minds, so even if I didn't... Everything's so trivial, blah, blah, blah. And, like, none of them seem to enjoy any of their time at public school. They could do literally anything else. And instead, they're just like, actually, let's enroll in public school. That's the first step to being a vampire. Like, <laughs> it's weird that they enroll in school all because of their ages. Like, they could all easily pass for young adults. Right, like, they could, you know... With roommates in a city somewhere. Well, it's like, because... See, Esme likes crafting and cooking, and so if she had a shop of some kind of her own, then they could all pretend to work there pretty easily. Like, it could be a whole thing, like a money laundering scheme, except they're not making any money. Yeah, they're just kind of there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just had that question, because I think just going back to, like, all the things that kind of don't make sense about the way that the Cullens live, because I understand that they want to stay in one place for a really long time, for as much time as possible, but they... I think would have a much easier time if they didn't actually document how old they were by going to a public school. And if they just hung around town and everyone's like, oh yeah, they're in their early 20s, they could probably realistically stay there for two decades or so before anyone would even notice that they're not aging. A lot of people age really well 
why would why would yeah. that arouse suspicion at all? And then they could all be friends, mm-hmm. like roommates. Oh yeah, they're young roommates. Yeah, and then they could like branch off and get their own houses and stuff. Kind exactly, because Edward makes a point that like Rosalie and Emmett do go off on their own and live together alone. At certain yeah, as points. a married couple. Yeah, so it just I don't know. It just doesn't make that much sense to me because by entering into public school, you are documenting how old you are, and everybody knows exactly how old you're supposed to be for the entire time that you're there in a town that small. Yeah, whereas it's like, oh, maybe you're maybe, older or yeah. younger, give or take. If you there just are a come lot of in, people, I don't know about you. Maybe I'm just bad at telling how old people are, but there are a lot of people I've met where I'm like, oh, they're anywhere between like thirty and. 45. Right. And if they just come in and they're young adults and they're like anywhere between 20 and 30, then they can be anywhere between 20 and 30 for a really long time before anybody's even going to ask them questions, especially if they keep to their habits of not talking to humans. Yeah. It's not like they're going to run into the problem of, oh, how old are you? I need to put uh, that many candles on your birthday cake, Rosalie. Like, she's not going to talk to a human willingly. Right. (laughs) I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't understand why they don't just do that but anyway Sabella gets dressed talks to Charlie about it Charlie's finally like okay fine whatever Mm -hmm. and then as soon as they're done with their conversation conveniently Edward is already there Mm -hmm. knocking on the door which Bella answers because she doesn't want Charlie to answer it Mm -hmm. uh Charlie makes Edward take off his coat and come sit in the living room for all of two seconds to question him I think he asked him like two questions before Bella's like we have to go she's very like weird about it like I understand that to her it's like a big new secret and it's very exciting, but Edward, he's been doing this for a century at this point. He's not very good at it, as we lo- as we know, um, but he has been doing this for a century pretty successfully, and she, I think to her it's like this big new secret that she's struggling to keep, and so she kind of projects that onto like, oh my gosh, like both of us have to like work so hard to keep this secret, and Edward's just like, yeah, like, I don't know, I like baseball. We're going well, to a game. Like it's even just, like, for her, Edward's the first guy she's dated. That's true. So it's the first time anyone is, meet, like, that she's semi-romantic with is meeting one of her parents. Mm-hmm. And, like, that has to be huge. Because oh, I remember sure. when I brought my first boyfriend home, I was like, yeah. is he going to like my parents? Are my parents going to like him? Like, mm-hmm. what do I care more about? Oh, my gosh. This is awful. I guess that's true. I, it just doesn't read that way to me, I feel like, with her because well, her concern really reads the way i think it's supposed to yeah for her I, her primary concern is always edward no matter what it doesn't have to do with her family at all uh and we'll see that in the next chapter well she even says but... that she can't picture him in their house like, right to begin with so maybe it's like he's ner- she's nervous about him meeting charlie mm-hmm. just the whole interaction i feel like is kind of nerve-wracking and awkward when it does finally happen so i guess she was kind of justified that's true charlie's like oh where are you taking her what are you doing and edward's like oh my family's going to play baseball and immediately charlie this- is hilarious and he's like oh bella playing baseball but he's happy that edward has an interest in sports i think he's relieved that like there's a potential for like future them conversation yeah future conversations for them to get along uh, and they do sort of get along in this scene. Like, they're very cordial. Obviously, uh, Charlie has a bit of an edge to him because he's, like, protective father or whatever. But in general, like, it's a pleasant conversation. It's just Bella making it a little bit insufferable. And I think um, part of it, too, is Charlie's like, wow, you got Bella to play baseball. Like, she must actually really like you. Because mm-hmm. she even says that. She tries to usher Edward out of the room and... Charlie's like, oh, like, bring her back safe kind of thing. And Edward's like, oh, yeah, going to bring her back early, safe, perfectly fine. <laughs> Lies. <laughs> so not true. And then they leave the house. 
And instead of the Volvo or taking Bella's truck, there is a lovely, I would assume it's a Jeep Wrangler, like modified specifically for off-roading. Yeah. So it's just like this huge Jeep. And she's like, oh. And he's like, yeah, we're going to go through the woods. So They make it sound super impressive. So like, don't get me wrong. Jeeps are nice. It's nothing to be like, oh. Because mm-hmm. even Charlie is like, wow. Yeah. It's just a Jeep. Yeah. Like I picture, I don't know if this is necessarily what it is. I just picture like a Jeep Wrangler that's kind of decked out for yeah. off-roading. It's nothing super impressive. Well, I think in the movie too, like the way that Emmett drives in, I think it is like a particularly impressive Jeep kind of truck. I almost wonder if it's a Hummer decked out to look like a Jeep because it is so big. Maybe. Because they made it sound massive. Yes. Like tank-like massive. Well, in the movie, it is that massive. Like, it's huge, dude. So, it's something. It's this Jeep. She gets in, and once they're out of Charlie's earshot, she's like, why did you bring this vehicle? As she's trying to, like, wrestle with the harness. It's an off-roading harness for the bumpy ride that they're about to take. Because he's like, oh, we're going to go through the woods for most of the way, and I'm going to drive fast, so you need to be safe, and this is the safest vehicle because we're going to drive most of the way. And she's like, most of the way? And he's like, yeah, we're going to run for part of it because it's too thick in the woods. And she's like, ah, I don't think so. I get motion sick. Yeah, she's like, I really don't like that. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we'll see. Sucks to suck. Yeah. Basically. Uh, You don't get a choice. They drive there mostly in silence because Bella can't talk because she's being like jostled around so much. Ooh, she specifically, this is this whole pass. Yeah, this whole passage seems like an innuendo of some kind. Yeah. So Edward gets all hot and bothered by her when they're first in the car. And he's like helping her into the off-roading harness. And he's like sniffing her hair and he's like, oh my god, you smell so good in the rain. (laughs) So the whole ride, Bella says that she is bouncing up and down on the seat like a jackhammer. And then as soon as they get out of the car, Edward is very sexual with her. So this whole thing is just a... uh, it seems it's very, so uncomfortable yeah to it read. seems like an innuendo and not a good one mm-hmm. it's not like a ooh, that's hot it's like a whoo yikes yeah. please stop yeah they get to the part of the path where the jeep can't fit anymore and she's like i don't want to i don't want to do that we're gonna have to just walk i don't want to like ride on your back while you go fast again and yikes <laughs> yeah yikes yeah he tries to seduce her into forgetting that oh, she yeah. gets motion sick for oh, some yeah. reason he gets her out of the car pins her up against the car and is like bella it's so uncomfortable and it would be fine like don't get me wrong i'm all for being pressed up against a car in the rain do whatever you do you that sounds great it's the reason he's doing it mm-hmm. it's to control her yes it's to control the way she's feeling to make her forget to make her compliant to him and i don't like that at all Mm -hmm. i don't like it when people use sex to get what they want yeah yeah as a weapon it's so wrong to me the whole this whole book is so wrong but especially this these these three chapters have a lot in them that i'm so uncomfortable with he keeps asking her like what she's worried about and she keeps saying that oh i'm worried about dying i'm worried about hitting a tree and dying and he keeps asking her and he keeps leaning in further and touching her and like doing this and that and he keeps asking her until she doesn't like essentially she just doesn't remember what she was worried about in the first place yeah this is called um non-consensual i'm not comfortable with it i do not like this at all no But then she's convinced and they go on piggyback. She's like, I still don't want to do this. And he's like, close your eyes. 
and they kiss before she gets on piggyback. Uh, he yeah, kisses she, her. And she kisses him back and parts her lips because it says that it's kind of a steamy kiss. There's been a lot of buildup and flirting mm-hmm. on his end. And then he kisses her and his lips part. So she wraps her arms around his neck and parts her lips too. And he's just like, how dare you? And mm-hmm. immediately, like, the mood switch just gets flipped right right down because Edward literally cannot control his temper. He, yeah, he's just very at, he's very mad at her. And she blames herself, too, at this point, because she's like, oh, I have to I stay perfect. Better. I knew better. I have to stay perfectly still. Like, this is the way it has to work. And I'm like, and no, it's not. That's it's not. so messed up. Like, I understand the danger, but, like, don't kiss me if you can't handle it. Exactly. Kind of thing. Like, if you can't handle my reaction that you know I have, don't do it. Mm-hmm. Especially after he works, like, he works to seduce her. Yeah. To make her feel like she's like, oh, yeah, nothing's wrong and at all. They make it sound like it's so bad. That she's so unruly because she wraps her arms around his neck to mm-hmm. kiss him. That's all she does. Yeah. Like, dude. It's not like she's ripped her clothes off. Right. Grabbed a sharp edge and cut along her chest so she was bleeding or something. Right. Just to, and he's like, so draw mad. his attention or anything. Like, she's just kissing him. But yeah, so he, like, you know, goes to give her a piggyback ride so that they can start running. And she says that it's hard for him to be gentle with her while he's mad like this. That is abusive relationship. It's not that okay. That is key to, like... I'm getting so irritated about this, actually, because of the way he treats her. And it's like... So I don't like Bella's character because she's a very naive girl. But also, from my perspective, it's more like, yeah, she's annoying, but she is just that. She's naive. Yeah. And she's being taken advantage of. And that's just so clear to me as an adult now reading these books that it's just it's really hard to read honestly it's really hard to get through now after making all of these connections i hate edward so much like i'm not a huge fan of bella but at the same time it's her first relationship i think that's that until they like they run through the woods she closes her eyes like he suggests but it doesn't help her that much and then they stop she feels dizzy again and immediately falls on her butt and he starts laughing at her Yeah, he starts laughing at her. She gets irritated. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh, no, don't be mad. And then the Bella in her comes out finally, Mm -hmm. because we haven't seen it in a really long time with him, where she's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot. You're the only one that's that's allowed to get mad, right? Like, you can get mad at me all you want for stupid little things, but I can't get mad at you for making fun of me. And he immediately pulls out this, like, whole song and dance of like i'm not mad at you i'm mad at myself bella can't you see that as if that justifies you treating me like crap exactly like it's this whole thing where he like pretends like it has nothing to do with her at all when it very clearly does because when she kissed him he pulled he shoved her back and Mm -hmm. said damn it bella right so like who was she supposed to think you were mad at? I think exactly. it's pretty clear who he and was even actually. If, and even if it's like, oh true, that he's mad at himself and not her, that Don't doesn't take it out on her. Yeah, that doesn't give him the right to actually act out against her. He's just such a tool. She, I guess, agrees to not be mad at him or whatever. And they go into the clearing with his family to play baseball and they've like set up bases, obviously a baseball field, but it's huge. Is it Emmett? That is like, oh, was that you we heard Edward? He's like, it sounded like something dying. And he's like, no, Bella was just being unintentionally funny. I'm like, Edward's such a tool. Like, they're all just (laughs) making fun of her at this point. Oh, because you know they knew she fell. Like, they could hear it. Oh, for sure. Uh, But yeah, uh, Esme comes forward 
Emmett comes forward to like greet them. Rosalie <laughs> turns in the other direction. She like wants nothing to do with them. Esme's like, oh, you're going to be sitting with me because I'm going to be the referee. And uh, Edward and Emmett kind of go off to get like ready. They're like divvying up their teams, I guess. Bella's like, oh, you don't, you don't want to play? Like, you don't play with them? Mm-hmm. And Esme just goes, no, I like to keep them honest. Yeah. So, I love they it that... They cheat Yeah, sometimes. they just cheat at baseball. It's so funny to me for some reason, that they're just, like, a family, and it's, like, game night, and it's, like, if you're at Monopoly, and someone's like, I'm gonna steal all the $500 bills right now. Yep. That's like, exactly what their family is like, except they have Edward in it, and he's annoying, so. You know. I would and love so, to see the whole family dynamic right it's i feel like the family itself seems so much more interesting to me than most edward and bella yeah most other aspects of the book uh but so bella and esme go over to the side and they're getting ready and who are actually on the team so it's like alice jasper emmett's the first batter emmett's the first batter carlisle is like he's on first base like between first and second i think edward is in the out edward catches yes so, and then Jasper, I think, is behind Emmett to catch the ball, right? Yeah. He's the ump. And so... Is it just Emma and Rosalie? Emmett like, and Rosalie that's on what the other I'm team? wondering. Is, like, is it just Emmett and so Rosalie on the other team? So does Alice pitch the whole time? I think she must. So it's like two against two? That's such a crummy game. Well, like, does she bat? Does she go up to bat at all? I don't know. I don't think they say she bats. I think she just is throwing the whole time. Maybe. And then I know like the teams eventually switch, but they don't really... Like, say who's mm-hmm. where once they switch because Edward's not involved in that. He's batting, so I guess Bella doesn't care. Yeah. Yeah. I hate this book. It just seems very uneven. I don't know. They begin to play baseball. Obviously, this is the iconic scene from the movie where the supermassive black hole plays. And Jasper does his cool little bat trick. Yes. If you don't know that. what I'm talking about, look it up. And Alice he just spins it. Alice, when she goes to pitch, kicks her leg like full on above her head. It's all it's all very cool. This I think is a really enjoyable scene as far as the movie is concerned. It's um, the, easily the best scene in the movie. Bella really doesn't do it justice in the book, though. No, she's just describing it all as it's happening. They're just doing cool stuff. Uh, Esme's refereeing. She's like, I can't believe that they can go that far and hear that much. Like, as if this whole time she hasn't been demonstrated to, like, how powerful they actually are. Edward's the fastest, I guess. So Um, Emmett's uh, the strongest, but Edward's the fastest. Yes. And so they're always, I guess, on opposing teams. It doesn't really get described what the strengths of the others actually are. Obviously, Alice is pitching. Oh, which the reason they need the storm is because it sounds like thunder when they hit it with the metal backs. Obviously, they're not going to use wood bats because yeah. they're uh, going to break them. But yeah, so they, they enjoy their little baseball game for a while. And then all of a sudden, uh, Alice stops short. And she's like, oh, no, I didn't, I didn't see this. I'm so sorry. And everyone's like, what's going on? What's going on? And she's like, the uh, nomads that I saw earlier, they were going to choose a different course, but then they heard us playing and i didn't think they were gonna i didn't think they were gonna come but they're they changed their course so that they can come play with us which i don't understand so she can see the future and she didn't see that once they started playing that the nomads would come to join them i don't know just because the few so like the way it was described at some point i don't know if it's Maybe they described it better in the movie, mm-hmm. but um, it's she has a pretty good idea of what the future is going to hold. She can see it, mm-hmm. but the future is constantly changing. I get, they, yeah, they didn't describe it in the book very well, though. So I guess, oh like, yeah, that's no, where... they didn't. I think they described it in the movie, but yeah, or maybe so... it's later in the book. When but then she can like pinpoint alone. certain things perfectly. 
like she can pinpoint in Midnight Sun that either Edward is going to kill Bella or turn her. <laughs> and then she can <laughs> she can pinpoint like the ballet studio later on. Obviously, we haven't gotten to that point obviously, but yeah, she pinpoints the ballet like the ballet studio pretty well. She just like there are certain things where she just like seems very clueless and certain times where she seems very sure. And I guess I'm not at least as far as, like, the book goes, because I think the movie did describe it better, but, like, as far as, like, what we've read so far, it's just not very well described at all. I think it must have to do with, like, when they were planning on it and when she saw the nomads, it's like, oh, this is the plan we had, this is the time we're getting there, this is what's happening. And maybe if there's, like, any type of delay or mm-hmm. discrepancy in time, it can just kind of change on the fly type thing. Maybe. From my understanding of it. But I'm not sure. I do think it's strange, that it's just like weird things because obviously um this is i guess getting into the next book and i think we've said this already that like werewolves specifically are her blind spot but like why is also everything else that's conveniently a plot point also her blind spot i'm not sure but basically they're all hyped up and really nervous about this and they're kind of looking at bella and edward ends up going to bella and um everyone's like oh edward can you get her out of here Mm -hmm. and he's like no i'm not fast enough if i'm carrying her it slows me down which is interesting because of how all-powerful they're supposed to be. That, right. like, she slows you down. He I think it's a car. I think like, it's more for her sake, where it's like, if he goes too fast, she'll, like, scramble her own brain. Oh, maybe. Well, also, he's worried that, because there are three of them, that if he separates from the group and he can't run fast enough with Bella and they just, they catch, like, her scent and try to hunt, he'll be alone yeah. with her. But so like, they could send three people with him, but whatever. Right. That's technically what they end up doing. So, yeah. There he, was a way out of this, is what I'm yeah, getting at. Like, they could have found a way out of this. Mm-hmm. All of the Cullens could have just left. Exactly. And brought Bella home. All of them could have gone. Yeah. But, yeah, so they, they're all, like, scared. They're, like, trying to figure out how they're going to handle this. And they're like, okay, the best idea is just to stay here and hope for, like, whatever reason that they don't, they just don't notice her. Even though it's been established that Alice thinks she smells good, so Alice notices her scent too, even though Alice is the least affected by human blood because I think she's never had it. Yeah. And then Edward obviously has a particular taste for her. So I don't understand their whole thought process where they're like, oh, well, maybe they just won't notice. I don't either. I think it's more like wishful thinking than anything where they know that like, but they're hoping that maybe enough of them surrounding her will be enough yeah kind of thing maybe and edward's so stupid he like comes and stands right in front of bella in a protective way or whatever and whispers to her to put her hair down Mm -hmm. and bella this psychopath says that she pulls a rubber band out of her hair who uses a rubber band anyone with long hair it hurts feel free to comment do you use a rubber band because how it hurts so bad they get tangled Mm -hmm. and like, yeah. what kind of person uses a rubber band? Especially because in... I know, like, Kristen Stewart doesn't have curly hair. But in the book, she is described to have, like, frizzy, kinky hair. I have frizzy, curly hair. And let me tell you, normal hair ties get stuck in it. I use scrunchies, mm-hmm. and those suckers get stuck in it pretty bad sometimes. Rubber bands are, like, what you use if you want to have to cut them out with scissors. Anyway. But he tells her to put her hair down. Which, we'll see, is possibly the dumbest thing he could have suggested. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking because, like, your hair carries scent Mm -hmm. and I don't know why it makes a difference. I don't know, because he never says, like, oh, it'll cover your neck, it'll Mm -hmm. do this 
so like that's my only assumption is he's hoping it'll cover her neck but also going but what back would that do well also going back to like their biology class and the first couple of times he had to smell her and sit near her when she put the wall of hair up it got worse for him so he should know that like the hair is part of I'd it i'd be like throw it up in a bun mm-hmm. in make a sure, bun tuck it under your hat make sure that's not moving this chapter ends when the three nomadic vampires step into the clearing so then this next chapter chapter 18 the hunt the trio comes to the clearing why is really only the girl compared at length to a feline what in animal blood changes the eyes from red to gold why does their eye color change at all the way this encounter is going was handled better in the movie why is james so feral (laughs) we like how strategic the fam is Again, Edward deciding for Bella, essentially kidnapping her, and she's the most concerned about the Cullens having to go into hiding. Does anyone want to hear my plan? Bella. No. Edward. Please just do this my way. Just this once. Edward, who controls everything. Alice is great. Insulting Edward. Uh, So this chapter starts out when the nomadic vampires step out into the clearing. There are three of them. There's one with really dark hair. There's one with blonde hair. Two men, one female. Um, So one dark-haired man, one blonde man, and one red-headed female. Mm -hmm. And they're described as being more cat-like than the Cullens, but the only one that's really explicitly described as cat-like to any length is the female which we thought was really interesting that Mm -hmm. they're like oh yeah they're all cat-like but mostly this woman yeah she's always on edge and she's like flitting her eyes around and she's like very yeah she's just on edge and bella sees that she's outnumbered by a bunch it's like when predators run into one of their own kind Mm -hmm. and they're outnumbered and so Bella describes her at length as like being cat-like and like feline, and then the other two, she's like, they're, you know, they're, they're just there. dudes. They're there. They're guys being guys. Um, um, so their names are Laurent, James, and Victoria. Victoria. And Victoria is somehow related to Jasper. That doesn't really get touched on. I at don't all. know if that's like just for the movie, maybe, or if it's in the book as well. But I'm intrigued because Jasper doesn't seem to recognize her in this movie, in this book. Well, I don't know that Bella's concentrating on Jasper at this moment. And I wonder if it's going to get brought up when, because as we'll see later on, obviously, this is not, we're not getting into it quite yet. But um, Alice and Jasper are the two that eventually stay with her while they're like planning on what they're doing. And so I wonder if he explains it then. I think it ends up being explained in the second or third book. Maybe. It's just Um, interesting because I don't know if they did that for the movie's benefit. Or if they made it part of the book. Uh, But yeah, the three vampires show up. They uh, Bella describes that they have striking red eyes, and she's like, "Oh, that's weird." She kind of doesn't really put two and two together. But we were also wondering, like, why that affects the eye color? Yeah, why does human blood and animal blood change your eye? Why does their eye color change at all? Yeah, like if their eye color were to change, that would be fine, I guess. But animal blood is also red, so I guess I'm not understanding, like, the connection between, like, oh, you're losing the red in your eyes when you drink animal blood. Right. I I don't know. Because the way that I always picture it in my mind, and I don't know if maybe this is, like, something I made up myself or what, but the way I picture it in my mind is that, like, the blood must flow through their veins in some way in order for it to do something like that. Like, I, I don't really know, like, the mechanics of how that would work, or if that's ever explicitly even said. 
I don't think she ever explains the anatomy, which is frustrating because I'm curious. Because, yeah, like, that's the only way I can picture it having any effect on their eye color at all. But at the same time, if animal blood is also red, why would that change their eye color? It's very, very odd, it seems. But yeah, so she describes that they have red eyes and they, it's like a very tense conversation at first. And then she's like, oh, Jasper must be using his like uh, emotional charm to make everything a little bit more at ease because as they're talking, everybody sort of like relaxes immediately. And I also wonder how the three vampires wouldn't notice if somebody's using a power on them because they all, I think, know that some vampires have like some sort of ability. So... I don't understand. Like, I, I also don't quite get how, like, they wouldn't know that that's happening because Bella picked on it up on it immediately when it was happening to her. Bella couldn't feel it happening, though. She just assumed that that's what was happening because Jasper was present and she knew what he could do. Maybe. And I she don't know. knew that she was really nervous walking in and mm-hmm. that she had started calming down. And it wasn't until she was starting to calm down that she's like, oh, maybe it was because of Jasper. Maybe he was doing that, but I'm not sure. Like, she couldn't maybe. feel it. Maybe it's more subtle. I guess it must be for them not to notice it. Uh, but yeah, they start asking. They're like, oh, we heard you playing ball. Like, are you like still playing? <laughs> could be ball. Could be thunder. Who knows? We're going to go play some ball. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so weird. It's so weird mm-hmm. that they automatically just know that that's what this noise is. Yeah, because like, obviously you're hearing, their hearing is good, but I don't know how you differentiate like one loud bang from the other. I don't know. Yeah. Especially because Bella describes it as sounding exactly like thunder. And I know that their hearing abilities are a bit different. So, so I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. <laughs> um, but in the, in the book, Carlisle kind of handles it strangely. Yeah, they handled it way better in the movie. In the book, they're like, oh yeah, could we play? And Carlisle's like, oh, we're actually just finishing up. You can come back to our house and talk to it. Like, he offers for them to come back. Yeah, he's like, we have a permanent residence around here. Mm-hmm. And they're really surprised because they're like, how do you manage that? Because when you slaughter so many people, you kind of have to pick up. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he says that they're all leaving. Whereas in the movie, he kind of takes it a different way. Yeah, in the movie, I remember him going, oh, yeah, that's perfect. A few of us were just leaving, so you can take their places yeah which does make and more he sense. introduces the whole family and bella says that he makes sure to point them out in groups he's like oh yeah this is you know rosalie and jasper emmett and alice edward and bella um esme and yeah and she's like really surprised when when carlisle says her name and, and she's, she's like, like oh yeah this is my family yeah and she's like oh i'm the family even though she knows that like she can't be singled out like oh this is the human we have just don't <laughs> yeah this is my family and this is our snack yeah but as they're talking they're like oh so how long have you been in the area like how long are you planning on being in the area they're like oh we have a permanent residence here and the three nomadic vampires are like how do you manage that why would they say that though why wouldn't they just be like oh yeah we're just passing through right like i don't understand why carlisle feels the need like maybe he's hoping to like convert them but i don't understand why he feels the need to be like oh while there's a human here let me just put everybody in danger like i don't know yeah maybe they would be fine if bella wasn't there Mm mm-hmm this whole thing would be fine, but yeah. Bella is there. So yeah, Carlisle's explaining to them how they have a home. He offers for them to come back to it, and they're like, oh, okay, great. We'd love to shower. We'd love to clean up. It's been a while. And he's like, okay, cool, but we need to ask that since we do have a permanent residence here that you don't hunt because, like, you know, you'll give us away. And they're like, oh, yeah, of course, if this is your territory, we have no intention of hunting here. Then he goes, okay, perfect. Uh, Edward, Bella, Alice... 
Emmett, why don't you guys go get the car? Meet us back at the house. And then the wind blows. Yup. And it's her hair. And it's her hair. It picks up her hair. And automatically, James is like crouched on all fours like a wild animal, ready to strike. James is like this feral little rat thing on all fours, ready to pounce at her. And Edward lets out this like deep growl mm. and jumps in front of her. And she's like, it's nothing like the playful ones I heard this morning. And I'm like, no kidding. And she's like very un... I don't know. She doesn't seem to be very afraid in this moment. It seems very strange to me that she was like sort of afraid when Edward had her on his lap. And like that whole thing was taking place. That's when she was uncomfortable. But in this scene, she's just kind of describing things as they're happening. And like you don't really get a feel for how she feels at all. Until after. Because she... Well, she even does say that like... When Edward lets out that noise, she can't think of anything more sinister that she's ever heard. And it's very, I think it's very interesting at this point that they keep just like making the vampires animalistic. I think it's an interesting choice. I just, I guess I'm not totally understanding like the correlation between like all of their different attributes, making them like cat like in some aspects and reptile like in others. Yeah. And, like, it just, I don't know, it kind of confuses me a little bit, like, where Stephanie Meyer is pulling, like, different references from to make them, like, a perfect predator, I guess. But, yeah, so they have they have their little spat. And my favorite is Laurent looks at Bella and goes, what's up? Like, what's going on? Why is there all this fuss? And then he catches, like, the scent of her and the wind, and he's like, oh, you brought a snack? Mm-hmm. But it's not, like... So in the movie, it's more of a sadistic, like, oh, you brought a snack. But in the book, it's more of a, like, oh, like, he's genuinely confused. He's like, you brought a snack? And they're like, no, she's with us. And he's like, what do you mean, why? Mm -hmm. And he's like, Carlisle's like, I said she's with us. And he's like, of course, James won't hurt the human, Mm -hmm. right? Like, James, we won't hurt the human at all. We'd still very much like to come back to your place. I have a feeling we have a lot to learn about you. Yeah. And of course, the human won't be harmed. And he just is more, like, confused than anything about, like, why do you have a human with you? This is right. so weird. And when he says that, James is, like, very visibly upset. He's looking over to Victoria. He's, like, very... It says his nostrils are wide, which I assume means that they're flared. Victoria's just like, I don't know, dude. Like, yeah. whatever. Like, everybody else is casual about it, and he's, like, upset. Um, yeah, Laurent is like, oh, yeah, we promised that we wouldn't feed while we're in your territory, so we'll keep to that. We just fed in Seattle. So, like, not even probably 20 minutes ago, because that's how long it takes them to get from place to place. over here. Yeah. They uh, sort of get everything together, and then as they're talking, and Carlisle's like, oh, yeah, you come back with us. Emmett sort of falls away. They've been intimidated by Emmett this whole time. He's the biggest one. Oh, Emmett's a bad bitch. I love him. (laughs) So, like, they've been intimidated by him a little bit. I think James in particular, like, he, Emmett stares him down, and that's what essentially makes him back up more than anything. Yeah, Emmett's Um, like this just big dude, and he's very intimidating. mm -hmm. And I have a feeling that Emmett's the type of person where even if he weren't huge, he would still be intimidating because of the way he acts and holds himself. He's just like... I want you to give me a reason to beat the crap. I want you to. Please, please mm. lunge for her. I can't wait to take all three of you out myself. Like Right. Like, he's ready for a fight. He, he's, he's excited. I think that's one of the things, too, is the whole time after this. So, like, we don't see it so much in the moment because Emmett's very stern. But after, he is so excited looking forward to a fight. And I feel like seeing someone that excited to fight me, I'd be like person's crazy you're like i don't want to fight them because they're insane i don't want to fight anybody who's excited to fight me 
who's um, excited to get punched mm-hmm. like yeah but Emmett sort of falls away he comes back towards Edward and Bella and Alice falls away she comes back and so they get in their little grouping and they're all surrounding her like it's a huddle and they go back towards the vehicle whereas the rest of them kind of stay behind and then they like Edward says that they head back towards the house but like they're the formation and I think both of us commented that we really like the strategy in the family right now because Alice obviously has the foresight so it's smart yeah. to have her go with them so she can see if anybody's coming. And then Emmett has the brawn to try to back them up. So it's like, it's three against three, but it's one beefy dude and two like regular vampires against three regular vampires. One of them that can see their actions so they'll all be prepared for it. Exactly. And they don't know that. Like they don't know that Alice can do that. No. But so they go back to the car. Nobody's talking. Everybody's super stern. Bella's like, oh my gosh, like, I just almost got eaten. I noticed that they actually broke off into the groups that Carlisle named earlier. So they're back in the car. You know, Bella's flailing around the back seat, (laughs) strapped in. Emmett, like, just tosses her in there and straps her in. Mm -hmm. And then they're off cruising. And Edward turns to go away from Forks. Mm -hmm. And Bella, obviously panics like where the heck are you taking me what do you think you're doing and he just is planning to kidnap her essentially i don't even think he talks to her at first because she's like where are we going where are we going nobody talks to her alice and emmett are both looking out the windows not acknowledging her and then edward is like looking straight forward and then she tries to unharness herself because she's like no i like i need to know what we're doing if we're doing this and he just goes Emmett and Emmett pins her down into the seat. Yeah, he he doesn't like gra- he doesn't grab her inappropriately or anything. He handles her probably much better than Edward would. He, he just, just kind of grabs arms. her hands yeah. so that she can't Unbuckle. unhook herself because they're driving. They end up going over 120 mm-hmm. miles an hour. Yeah, so she definitely needs to be buckled. And she's like, no, I need to know what's going on. Like, you need to talk to me about what we're doing. And Edward's like, I'm getting you out of here. That dude's a tracker. Well, he says this to Alice, but uh, because Alice is like, you should tell her. Yeah. And he's like, no, you didn't see his mind. He's a tracker. He's got her scent. And now he won't stop until he's hunted her. And he's explaining this to Alice as if she's the only person it matters to give an explanation to. It's so frustrating. I know. And then Bella's tweaking out in the backseat. She's like, what? Like, he caught my scent. What if that leads him back to my house? What about Charlie? What if you guys have to go into hiding? Yeah, she's more concerned about them having to go into hiding first. And then she finds out he's a tracker and picks up scent. And then she she goes, no, she doesn't even bring it up. Alice does. Alice is like, you know, she's like, you need to bring me home. Charlie's going to worry. Charlie's going to worry. And Alice is like, she's right. We need to bring her home because that guy's a tracker. So who's to say? That he won't catch her scent there. That he won't catch her scent somewhere in town. Bella's whole thing at first is that she's like, oh, you can't take me because Charlie will call the FBI on you and you'll have to go into hiding. And Edward's like, that's fine. Good. We've done that before. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, like you can't do that. And then Alice is like, she has a point. Like there's going to be a lot of attention drawn to Charlie and potentially by James if he's like tracking her we don't want that we had like her scent is all over that place and edward's like i don't right, care all right i guess like he he's very like mad about it and he at first says he doesn't care but then alice is like edward you are being an idiot essentially and he's like all right we have to come up with a plan <laughs> and poor bella she's like does anyone want to hear my plan no one else gets the chance to speak edward's mm-hmm. just like no so she ignores him mm-hmm. and is like you take me home And he's like, no. And she's like, shut up. You take me home. I'll go in. I'll pack a bag. I'll make up this big plan 
tell Charlie that I'm, you know, can't stand another minute in this place and that I'm going home to Phoenix. Then I come out, Alice and Emmett, I think she says, because they're there in the moment. She's Mm -hmm. like, Alice and Emmett can take me to Phoenix. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what? And she's like, James saw the way that you handled everything. He'll know that I'm with you. So I can't be with you. And then he's like, but if you say you're going to Phoenix, she's like, he'll know that we already know that he's listening in and he'll know that I will not go to where I say I'm going to go. Then he's like, what are you going to do when you get to Phoenix? And she's like, stay inside probably. Yeah. She's like, what do you think I'm going to do in Phoenix, dude? And Emmett, she describes Emmett as insultingly surprised at like how good her response is, even though her idea isn't that good. Um, It's not. Because like, so they're talking about how he's so sure that like once he becomes sure and realizes that they're not going to leave her alone that he'll like drop it essentially because he knows that he's been beat and if he can't get her alone then there's no point and so if that's the case why doesn't she make something up about going to see jessica for like a little while or like wanting to do something else that wouldn't like totally break charlie yeah just be a oh, I'm going here, or I'm going to go do this, and maybe have an or argument even, with Charlie and mm-hmm. be like a normal teenager and be like, you can't tell me what to do, and storm out. Or even say, she's going to Phoenix for a week to visit friends. Like, she can still say she's going to Phoenix. Obviously, she can't just be like, oh, I'm going to see my mom, because he can verify that. But if she's like, hey, one of my friends from Phoenix called, I'm going to go there. Like, I obviously, that would take a lot more logistics and, like, convincing, I think, on his part. But it would still be an explanation that could get her out of the house without literally breaking his heart and making him think that she hates him. Yeah, and if it's even an argument... And it's just more of one of those things of, like, you can't tell me what to do. I'm an adult now kind of thing and storm out. He'll Mm -hmm. at least know she's in Phoenix. Right. Yeah, I don't know. There seems to be a lot of ways to handle this better. But Emmett is surprised by how good her idea is. It sucks. They have this whole plan going where they're like, okay, like, you go in the house. Or why don't Edward stays in her room every night anyway? Mm -hmm. Why don't they just patrol her house? Exactly. Like, there's so many other options, it feels like. But Edward has gone off the handle, so apparently we can't do anything that makes sense. He's so annoying. So, they're finally like, okay, fine. And then... Bella's like, oh, um, I had said before that she said Emmett should go. That wasn't true. She said Alice and someone else because Emmett, he got a good look at Emmett too. So Alice is like, Jasper and I can take care of her, you know? And he's like, Edward's so, ah, he's such a tool. Ah, he's like, oh, can Jasper take care of it? Like, can Jasper handle it? And Alice is like, yeah, he'll be fine. Like, Mm -hmm. he's been doing really, really well ever Mm -hmm. since he's, like, converted to our way of living or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah, can you handle it? And she just, like, gives him the dirtiest look. And then Edward mutters something about how, like, you can keep your opinions to yourself. Like, it's very clear that she's like, well, I'm not as bad as you. Yeah, like, Like, I can handle it better than you. Mm -hmm. Like, she says something to that effect, and he's like... Right, I guess. Like he's very, in her mind, like, not like mm-hmm. out loud. Yeah, she just like looks at him, and it's very clear that a conversation has passed. So I'm gonna be looking for that in Midnight Sun. Um, but yeah, and so he decides he's like, okay, like this is what's gonna happen. Emmett will patrol the house. I'll be up in her room or whatever, and then Alice, you stay in the car. And they're like trying to figure out who's going where, who's doing what. Bella's just like, why don't I just go in by myself and all three of you stay outside? And he's like, no, you can't do that. And she's like, why? What like why? What is the point of that? There's no point of that at all. She points out like another way that she could do things where she's like, I'll just like you know grab 
grab my stuff, tell Charlie off, and leave, and that'll be it. Because Edward wants to escort her to the door, which mm-hmm. looks so suspicious if mm-hmm. some random guy she just met is escorting her to the door. And she's suddenly like, I'm leaving Charlie. Yeah. Like, you know, she could be being threatened. She could be... Like, that would also arise suspicions. Towards the Collins. Mm-hmm. And so she says another plan that she's like this is a better plan than what you have edward and Emmett again i guess insultingly surprised um he's like wow she's actually got a point mm-hmm. like Emmett's just like oh and um she suggests that Emmett stay behind and he's like actually i'm fine with that because i want to fight <laughs> well he's like a little offended at first and then alice is like you'll get a better shot of them mm-hmm. like if you stay behind and Emmett's like i can't wait to hunt them down like yeah agree. he's like okay this is perfect Because he's like, she's got a point. If we all stay behind, like, we can hunt. You know, we can't hunt if she's anywhere near. Because, you know, Edward, you're going to accidentally kill her. So, like, if you give over to, like, your Mm -hmm. instincts to fight these people, you'll kill her. So, like, let her go. And Mm -hmm. then we can just kill all these people and get over it kind of thing. And I love Emmett so much. Emmett's great. I'm like, I like, I do, as much as, like... I'm not a huge fan of uh, Rosalie's personality. I do like everything behind her personality, but I like their dynamic, which we haven't seen very much of yet. But and I like don't really see a ton of. We anyway. don't see a ton of it, but it's like it's very good when it's there. And yeah, then, it's like him goofing off and her being like chill. Like, <laughs> and then uh, Emmett's personality in general is good. Like I understand what she sees in him, and I kind of understand what he sees in her too. It's like he brightens up her day, but she kind of keeps him grounded because he's a bit over the top. That's basically it, I think. They I think don't. They haven't made it to her house yet. Yeah, it ends with Alice's quiet insults, Edward. And I think that's it. They've. Oh, Edward talks to her like a child. Yeah. And but it's like, what else is new? You have fifteen minutes. You got that? Fifteen minutes. You go in, grab the first thing your fingers touch, pack a bag, get out. Fifteen minutes. Or I'm like busting down the door, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I hate Edward so much. I can't right? take him. It's just like everything he does makes no sense whatsoever. What's the difference between 15 and 20 minutes? That right. guy's not going to attack if he knows that three other vampires are there. Right. Like, but you can't tell like me they don't just... sense each other. They can't smell each other. Exactly. And, and it's not like he... Like, if they all stay outside, they're going to be able to see from every direction what's coming in and out of the house. And here and whatever. Yeah. Like, it just... I don't know. His whole thing about, like, you have this much time. Especially because their whole plan involves needing him to hear where she's going. Yeah. It just, I don't know. His whole thing, Edward has no sense at all. I can't. He's just, he's too emotional. And it's like, it clouds his judgment. It makes him like kind of aggressive with her a lot. And yes. I don't like it. He like can't control himself in any aspect of the no. word. Which is and very... he belittles her constantly. Well, he belittles her constantly. He belittles everybody constantly. Like everybody younger than him. Because he calls Jacob a child too. And I, I'm pretty sure he maintains that viewpoint of Jacob, even though... Bella points out, this is, I guess, the last chapter, but Bella points out that Jacob is only two years younger than she is, and he's like, oh, I know. Like, he knows that she's a child, too. And so he likes... And he's still pursuing her. Yeah. He likes it. I, it's he, weird. He likes to be the dominant one. He likes to be the one in charge. But then when he gets to be in charge, he doesn't know what to do with himself. Like, he is a child still. And is, like, even though he's older and he has, like, the charm and the intelligence of somebody much older... His sense is that of a 17-year-old. Like, he does not know how to make decisions at all. And he's led by his emotions. Yeah. He's very frustrating. It's, I, it was just really hard to watch them talk about her and their plans for her and her not have a say in anything at all. Right. Because, like, to be honest, if I want to go home and risk it to make sure my dad's safe, that's my choice. That's my right. I knew what I was getting into. Mm -hmm. So, like. Let me make my decisions. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's just, I don't know. She knew the danger that came with being with him. Exactly. And yeah, his inability to let anybody else make a decision, including like his own siblings, who several of them are older than him. Yeah, and honestly, they're all a lot smarter than him too. He's awful. As far as like the overall like three chapters go, I think it's like... I, I enjoy the family dynamic, I think, much more than I enjoy anything about Edward or Bella. I do, too. I really am... I would like to see all of the siblings interact more, mm-hmm. even without Edward there. Well, that's cool. kind of... Like, I'm... I don't need Edward to be there. They can all just interact without him. Well, that's what I'm kind of hoping with, like, Midnight Sun, is that we see more of that, and we see, like, a more... I don't know, just, like, a clean family dynamic kind of thing. Yeah. Because it seems very much like they, you know, they just live their life, and they enjoy themselves, and that's fine. Like, in and of itself, they're cool. Yeah. So I, I'm much more interested in them than I am with anything going on with Bedward, Bedward, Bella or Edward. I would like to get their full backstories to have it. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is when I was turned. This is what it was like. This mm-hmm. is what it was like. Joining this family. Rosalie, we find out later on, goes off on a whole killing spree. Tell me about that girl. Like, I want to know. Exactly. Like, she only pulls that out as, like, a full story to guilt Bella when she's about to die. Yeah, when she's trying to, um... She's already made her decision to be Mm -hmm. a vampire. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know. There just seems like there's a lot... I think we said this last episode, too, that there just seems like there's a lot more going on behind the scenes that's more interesting. Oh, yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> I keep I'm saying I don't know. about Esme and Carlisle's relationship, too. Kind yeah. Because that's like, not really explored much. Because we... I don't think we remember to mention this, but Esme does talk about how she tried to commit suicide and that, like, she had a baby that was only a few days old and it died. And, like, yep. that's why she committed suicide. And she says this all very casually to Bella as a means of, like, encouraging her that, like, oh, I'm maternal and I care a lot about Edward and, like, I've seen him alone for far too long, so I like you and it's good to see you. And, like that's their whole conversation we got into it a little bit earlier that like when she fell from a cliff as part of like her suicide attempt carlisle turned her and i did not get to say was she spiteful about that right like is there any sort of resentment on her end because obviously like edward had resentment rosalie had resentment um we don't know about emmett i don't know anything yeah emmett might have been fine and then i'm assuming jasper had resentment in being turned at all like that's the general feeling did too she woke up alone yeah so i'm wondering if that's like the general feeling of like vampires when they get turned not necessarily just towards carlisle i'll be resentful now i have to watch everyone i love die right and so i i'm very curious about like esme's relationship with carlisle because it's not it's always portrayed as like very perfect but it's never really gotten into yeah i don't know are there any concluding statements you'd like to make I hate Edward. I just really don't like the way he treats her in these three chapters. I think it's really highlights how the rest of their relationship is going to be. I would and agree I feel with like that. it's very cringy and a lot of things he does in this chap these three chapters make me very, very uncomfortable. And they make her uncomfortable. I didn't realize how uncomfortable they were reading it the first time. No. I thought like, oh, this is just what happens and like No, it's not. It's really manipulative and I don't like that. Yeah. And I don't like that everyone lets him do it yeah nobody sees a problem with this at all they're all supposed to be perfect couples but they don't see the way that he treats her as a problem we don't really know anything about the individual couples either like no we don't they're like as a couple they're dynamic so like they're supposed to be a perfect couple they might not be we have no idea yeah that's my concluding thing is i'd like to hear more about the collins me too but i guess on that note if you enjoyed this episode feel free to check us out on twitter and instagram at red flags atp look out for our next episode follow us if you can wherever you're getting your podcast bye bye